0: Welcome to the In All Things podcast. Here, we talk about everything from friendship and personalities to contentment and faith. Our goal, to encourage you to seek Christ in all things. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Let's imagine you're in my living room and dive into real conversation. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to In All Things. I'm glad that you are here for today's conversation. The topic today is submission. And the word submission in today's culture can kind of make people cringe or give flashbacks. People become defensive or oftentimes their inner feminist comes out. And it really can be a tricky subject, but it's one that I believe is important to talk about so that we understand it better. Um, We need to realize that this isn't some like restrictive concept that God gives to women and children. That's not what it is. It's a beautiful idea for everybody to implement and it helps foster a loving and strong relationship with others, but it is often misunderstood. I'm in the midst of this marriage guest series, which I hope you guys are enjoying. And I thought that this topic would fit in really well because most often the topic of submission is in regards to marriage. So first of all, what is submission? Well, it it means to submit under the authority of somebody else. That is the very basic stripped down definition. And I think that this is where the confusion and misunderstanding begins to happen. Because we assume that by submitting, we get absolutely no say in in anything. And we become the lesser of two people. And this is kind of, this is also where we get bent out of shape, women in particular, because women make this assumption, and this is a huge part in the feminist movement. They want to raise themselves as equal to men. Even though as human beings, in our value as people, we are a hundred percent equal. So let's talk about what submission really means, according to the Bible. Yes, it is submitting to someone's authority. But it doesn't make you any less than and it doesn't make you voiceless. So the main passage that this topic is focused around is from Ephesians 5 verses 22 and 23 say, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. People get confused by the word submit and they also get confused by the phrase saying the husband is the head of the wife and not only confused, but they make assumptions and then they get upset and defensive. But let's eliminate some of that reason for defense and look at a little bigger of the context and we're going to start in verses 21. We're going to start in verse 21 and now read through 25. So we're adding three extra verses to this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So the passage begins with submit to one another. And then it moves on with more specific instructions. Let's put this out there. Women are not the only ones receiving instructions right here. Men have a lot of responsibility put onto them too. It says that the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the body of the church. We hear the argument sometimes that men shouldn't be the head. They shouldn't have control over women. And sometimes we do even hear that christ shouldn't have control over us but the key is understanding the ideas and the words being used we can't just jump to conclusions if you have listened to a few of my more recent episodes i have been talking about going back to the original language being used to see what those words mean because english translations don't always do something justice So in this passage, the word to look at is the word head. If Paul, who was talking about this, was talking about control or total authority, there are other Greek words that he could have and would have used, but he didn't. Instead, he used a word that, surprise, surprise, meant head, like our physical head. Um, But it can also mean the first soldier into battle. One article that I read explained that another word that could be better understood is that women should defer to their husband. The husband is directed to be the leader in the relationship. And that then is another point of offense. Those who are going to disagree with that are going to say, okay, fine, he's not meant to control, but why don't women get to be the leaders? We're more than capable of doing that. Which I would agree, we are more than capable of being leaders. But can I ask a question about this? Why do we think that leadership elevates us? In our world, we connect leadership with status and power, and it's something to be desired or earned. Something that I've always wanted to do is a study on the leadership traits of Jesus in the Gospels, and I haven't done that yet but I think that because it's always been in the back of my mind, I've noticed a couple things about those leadership traits that he has. Because Jesus was a true leader, we can look to him directly to see what this is supposed to look like for husbands. So let's look at how Jesus viewed his own leadership. And as I read these couple verses, keep in mind that Jesus is our ultimate example as a leader. So. If leadership comes with power, he is the most powerful. And if it comes with status, he is the highest ranking under God. Um, But just keep that in mind as I read these because you wouldn't be able to tell those two previous statements I just said were true based on what he is saying here. John 13, 14 through 16, it says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash each other's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Matthew 20, 26 through 28 says, Instead, whoever wants to become the great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, the most powerful, the highest ranking, our high king, our savior, and the greatest leader came to serve. And we are all, all of us are called to reflect Christ in this way. But in the Ephesians passage, we're told specifically that husbands are to lead their wives. And I think that these two verses that I just read show us how that should look. Husbands are to serve their wives and love them and sacrifice for them. And in turn, wives are to submit or respect their husbands. So let's look at it this way. If men are leaders, women are to respect their leaders. Why should we not respect someone that we're spending our life with? Like, what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the argument there we should be respecting the person we're spending our life with. Women are under their husbands and their husbands should be under Christ. Personally, I'd be rel- I am relieved <laughs> that some of that responsibility is not on my shoulders. The number one reason wives should submit to their spouse is because again, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We can love, serve, respect and submit or follow anyone, especially our husbands, if our goal is to love and honor Christ first and foremost. And if our husbands are under the authority of Christ and actually living that out, women should be able to trust that they are submitting to Christ by extension. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So I, I decided to ask a few of my married friends about how this looks in their marriage. One couple said that they make decisions as a team because they both like to be involved in the make decision making. However, my friend said, as much as we like to make decisions together, I do look to him to take the lead when making bigger decisions like financial decisions or something like buying a house. Another couple explained that the husband is the final decision maker. So again, it's a team effort, but he has the role to make the final call. And my friend also described how they submit to one another. She said, as an example, if her husband wanted to go do something on a weekend and she didn't feel like it was the best decision that particular weekend, she could say so. And he would have to respect her and not hold that against her and vice versa. And I loved that perspective of submitting to one another. They both have that ability to have a conviction about something, even as simple of how you're spending your time. And the other person would need to submit to that and respect to that. Um, I know another married couple who, once again, make decisions together. But sometimes disagreements do happen, and that's just life. Um, but when they do happen, they both present their arguments. Um, and then if a decision still can't be made, the wife will defer to her husband to make the tiebreaker decision, basically. And I love these couples and their perspective and their marriages because they're they're doing life as a team. There is no hierarchy. Their husbands don't hold power over them or any anything like that. But the the wives all look to their husbands as as leaders and as the final decision maker, trusting that their husband is listening to the Lord first and foremost, but then also is willing to take uh, her perspective into consideration as well. I think it's important to mention that submission to a husband doesn't mean a couple different things because passages like this one that I'm focusing on in Ephesians, it gets misinterpreted and misunderstood pretty often. So one, this does not mean that wives are their husbands' slaves. Marriage is still a partnership. But I love the image that one of these interpretations of the word head was, the first soldier into battle. Someone has to go first. (laughs) Men are created by God to be the protectors, to be the leaders. But it doesn't mean that women are their slaves. It doesn't mean that a wife's submission should be abused by their husband. Remember that just as wives are called to submit, husbands are called to love. Secondly, it doesn't mean that wives are to follow blindly or completely unconditionally. The whole idea, again, was that wives are under their husbands and husbands are under Christ. So if a husband is not under Christ's authority and guidance... Um, the chances of him leading his wife well and his family well are pretty slim. So if a man asks his wife to do something or puts her in a situation that is contradictory to what Christ calls us to do, then this submission idea doesn't mean that she has to obey what he says. Should she still respect him? Yes. And that can look a variety of different ways. Maybe it just means she's not speaking poorly of him to other people. Um, But... Does it mean that she always has to follow him? It doesn't. Not if she's a, not if he's asking her to do something contradictory to what Christ would. And actually, there is one more thing that I thought of um, that this doesn't mean. Submission does not mean that men are better than women. It doesn't mean that women have no authority or no control over their own life or their family. Everyone does have different views on this. I'm going to be honest. Um, and one time sometime I'll have to do a more in-depth look on these views on men and women. Um, Basically one view called complementarianism holds the view that women and men were created with distinct roles within the church and family and they complement one another. And the other view is egalitarianism and this believes that there are no gender distinctions and that since we are all one in Christ, Men and women are interchangeable when it comes to roles in the home and church. Um, So then there's this large spectrum where people fall on both of these sides. And again, I'll have to do a separate episode on this sometime. But if you haven't figured it out, I would fall into the complementarianism camp. Um, Like I said, there's this spectrum. So some on this complementarianism side would believe that men are greater than women and women don't have a say over their own lives and family. But... I don't see that laid out in the Bible, that that is a way that we should be living. The way I understand and what I believe is that, yes, men and women do have distinct roles, but we complement each other, meaning there isn't really a power hierarchy going on. A husband is the leader, but that's his role. That's not his position. A good leader listens to those underneath them and considers their ideas and their convictions. Really, there's a lot to be said about submission. And I think what's important as we talk about or we think about and read about um, those topics that kind of bring up a little bit of disagreement within us or we feel a little feisty or or angry even um, at what the Bible is saying, we have to remember to look at the context. And part of that includes looking at how our Western culture interprets things today. So as an example, like I said, um, a lot of times we look at leadership as this thing to be attained and it's this high and lofty position to have, you know, and it's all about how we rank and how much power and authority we have over other people. When really Jesus was not assigning power to a husband over his wife. He was assigning servanthood. He was assigning how to treat her lovingly and respectfully. That's so different than how we automatically see that word submit in today's culture. Or, or see the word leader in, you know, and head in today's culture. It's very, very different. So those are things that it's just important to look into that and read. Um I'm going to actually get into a little bit more of women's roles, I guess, next week. Not probably talking so much about the complementarianism and egalitarianism um, next week, but I'm going to talk about feminism. I I am really excited for that episode. I think it's going to be a little bit of a Hot takes episode again. I did that one on um personality tests earlier this year, but I'm I'm pretty excited to dive more into that. So stay tuned. But I really do hope that this was a helpful episode and just kind of clearing some air, I guess, when it comes to the topic of submission. That it's not something to get bent out of shape over. <laughs> um, it's not something to be offended over. It really is. It comes to assigning both women and men with some responsibility in their marriage, I can't see something wrong with that. Um, When you enter into a marriage, a covenant biblical marriage, you're entering into this partnership for, for life. And there has to be respect. There has to be love, which those are the, what's being laid out on the table by the Lord um, in his directives in Ephesians. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for next week on feminism, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining today's conversation. I hope this was an encouraging episode as you continue to walk with the Lord. If it was, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps with the app's algorithm and allows In All Things to be accessible to even more people. Share with your friends and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at In All Things Pod on both of those and visit our website at inallthingspodcast.com. See you next time.